Are we really ready for the rapture? Do you really want him to come tonight? You would be a raging fool to say, Brother Johnson, I don't want him to come tonight because you could lay down all of the toil and the burdens and everything. You wouldn't step out of this on the streets of gold in the presence of God. Do you really want him to come? Are you ready for it? Would he look at me with a church and on any given Sunday night, 700, 8, 900 in attendance, would he look at me and say, what would he say when he looked at two and a half million and out of two and a half million, five, six, seven, eight hundred. Could he really say to me, well done, Brother Gordon? Have I done well? And so with this in mind tonight, I want to read a scripture to you. I want you to stand. Out of the book of Proverbs comes an old passage to mind. If my memory is serving me correctly. It simply makes this statement in chapter 29 and verse 18 where there is no vision. The people perish. I don't want to read any more of that. That's all. Then I would like to go over into the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. And I want to begin reading at verse 34. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. 
Now listen to this. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white and they are ready to harvest. My final reading be in the book of First Chronicles. Chapter 21. And I want to read verses 1 and 2. And verses 8 through 13. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go, number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring the number of it to me. Let me read the third verse. And Joab answered the Lord, answered, the Lord make his people a hundred times so many more as they be. But my Lord the King, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then doth my Lord require this thing? Will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? Verse 8. And David said to Gad, unto God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I beseech thee, go away, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. And the Lord spake unto Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and tell David, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose one of them, that I may do it unto thee. And I want to use tonight for a subject, the effect, the effect of a vision. the effect of a vision. God, I need you tonight. I ask you to come and give me the voice to preach the message that you've given to me. 
And God, let your spirit take the words and plant them into the heart of this camp meeting, I pray. Open our understanding to your mystery. God, we're honest. We're searching. We're looking. If you'll show us, just let us find it. We'll walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I wonder how a vision would affect you. Anybody ever had a vision? Oh, I don't know whether you would call it a vision or not. <clears throat> I have seen forms spirits I've seen the angel of death come into my church while I was preaching the power of God so strong and I've watched it walk down the aisle and where it stopped I trembled I couldn't see the facial expressions all I could see was kind of a gray attire, kind of a flowing robe, and but I knew immediately when it walked in what it was. And I stopped and told the church, I want you to pray. I've seen the angel of death walk into our building. It stopped the fifth seat back on my left. And in just a little bit, it kind of dissipated and went away. And in the next few days, five of the strongest men in my church, all of them board members, died. Not one of them was sick when it walked in. I'm not sure that was a vision. When I talk about a vision, the other night in the youth camp, somebody laying out under the power, oh, I can't wait for them to wake up. Because when they wake up, I want to know what they're seeing. Do you believe that every time you see a vision, you're going to see a, a ladder? Angels ascending and descending. 
are you going to see some far out part of a glory world that my mind can't even grasp? I can't comprehend transparent gold. I can't comprehend a pearl big enough to make a gate as big as those gates are. I can't comprehend that. But yet we think a vision. That's what it is. Do, do you feel that God is going to let a vision come to a man that's wrapped up in flesh in this world and its desires? Is God going to bypass the man that prays, the man that walks with God and finds somebody that's just reconsecrating now and they're reveling in the Spirit and God's going to give them a vision and not give it to the prayer warrior? And Brother Hale, I'm going to preach. Don't, don't be uneasy. A vision. Will God step around a person that's totally committed and give a vision to a worldly-minded person that never prays? But Brother Foss, they shout all the time. Hey, you haven't got a right to shout until you know how to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would like to think that a vision would do you like the Lord done Paul. He showed him what? the third heaven. But he said, buddy, I'm going to give you a thorn to keep you where you can't tell it because you've seen things unlawful to utter. We love to talk about and oh, I have preached it so many times that I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That vision that John saw, but when he saw it, he said, I fell at his feet as dead. It's hard for me to believe that I could see into a supernatural realm and remain the same. I don't believe that I could see a vision tonight and go eat me a hamburger when this is over. Come on. And I haven't eaten today, but oh, wait a little while. 
But if the Lord allowed me just to open the curtains and look into a divine plan or look into a world that I've never experienced or let me see what it's like to lose a soul that God has put in my reach. I don't believe that I can remain the same. You know, we go merrily on our way. In our world, we live in our houses, we drive our cars, we've got money in the bank. Would you still want to love him if there was no car? Would you still want to pastor Colorado Springs? If there was no money in the bank. If there was no beautiful home to live in. Hey, I'm not against that. Few people live in a home like I live in. Would I still love him if he had not given me everything my heart could desire? In the category that they follow him for loaves and fishes. My brother, have I learned to preach? Have I learned what to say? Is there any dependency on my part that I have got to have the Spirit and the power of God that would come and touch me? Have we come into the point that we're a bunch of professionals? I wonder what a vision would do to us tonight. Oh, there's a thousand sermons coming to my mind right here. I wish I had time to preach them all. But I want to stay with you right where I'm at. I believe that I'm in the will of God. First thing, it was ordained of God that I be here tonight. Hey, just get that out of your mind. I'm here in the will of God. He sent me here on a mission. And I want God to help me where I can do what he asked me to do when I come into this district. The higher we 
we get, the more dangerous it is. The more power as a man we control, the more we want to control. The more people we have under our tutorship, the more we want. Is it really that we want a church that saves souls? Or do I want to be able to say I had 10,000 in Sunday school Sunday? Somewhere, I'm sorry, somewhere something has got to happen to us. It's got to happen to us. Something has got to happen to us. Something's got to happen. The higher I get, the more dangerous it is for me. The more he gives me, the more dangerous it is for me. Oh, you don't believe that? Wait a minute. The hardest temptation of Jesus Christ wasn't you're hungry. Turn these stones to bread. He's already been making bread. That was no temptation to him. It was no temptation to him to cast yourself down. And if you're really the Son of God, if you are, then he, it's written he'll give his angels charge over you. But the greatest temptation of his life is when the devil took him to a high place. When he got in there, he appealed to the man. He appealed to the God-man. He appealed to Jesus, the man part. He appealed to that because he showed him the world and he knew that that's why you came for God so loved the world that he gave you 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 and down yonder is a cross there is a Calvary there is a garden there's drops of blood sweat that's falling out of your pores Red, crimson, there is a broken body. And I've got you here. Look at the world. That's what you want. And if you'll just do what I say, I'll give it to you. The only defense he had Get behind me. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He didn't say it didn't tempt him. He didn't say that it didn't bother him. 
But he said, you're not supposed to tempt God like that. I'm asking you, church. I'm asking you, saint of the Most High God. Is that devil playing the same trick on us today? Have I come here to run the aisles with you so you'll ask me to come back? Or have I come here to perhaps perform a spiritual surgery and begin to divide? He said, I didn't come to bring unity, but I come rather to bring division. Is that what's going to happen in this camp tonight? Is God going to set some of us apart? Is God going to let you be carnal and you stay that way? Is he going to reach for you and you not respond? There's some of us, maybe the smallest church, maybe the newest saint, maybe the little one that just prayed through that hasn't learned all of the Pentecostal cliches, maybe that's the one that's going to bury their self in the presence of God and tell God, here I am, here I am, Lord. And God is going to reach down and put his arm around him and tell him, I'm going to be your God and you will be my son. And all the time, he's going to anoint some eyes. You're going to see like you've never seen before. You're going to look at things like you've never looked before. It's not going to look the same way it did. It's not going to carry the same complexion. It's going to be different than it's ever been. My God, Brother Powell, you, you're a boy close to my heart. But I long to see the day that you forget how it sounds and you play. You play to please Him. You play because of Him. You play because He is there looking down at what you're doing. God, help me preach because you're there. It's you. It's you. Somehow, we become intoxicated with success. We call it success. Our intoxication is to a point. Can you imagine? You read about David. I want you to read about him here. Just prior to this, God had given him victory after victory after victory you know him as the shepherd you know him as the boy with a sling but there's something else about him when he gets intoxicated with success he conquered ammon 
Read it. Read it. He cut their babies in bits. He took a hera and a disc and cut their bodies. Run the chariots over them. Cut bodies into nothing but just jelly bleeding flesh. And then plowed them under. Drunk. Drunk on success. You know, let me come to you here. Not just the ministry. It's hard for a saint to make it big in this world and stay close to God. When you was making $50 a week, you could pay your tithes regularly. But when you start making 1000 a week, you can't give the 100 When you was making 10000 a year, you could pay that. But, oh, friend, when you get over in that upper echelon and you go into 250, 300, 400,000, we get drunk. Drunk. Intoxicated. Intoxicated. Is it a fact that I am such a great preacher? Oh, Brother Hale, I appreciated what you said. I wish it was all true. But is it a fact that I am so intoxicated on success that I can't go to a home mission church and preach? Hey, friend, I'm talking to you out of my heart tonight. Am I so intoxicated that I can't go anywhere unless I know that the pay is going to be right? Hey, whether you believe it or not, I'm preaching tonight. David had everything that a man could want. He put another king's crown on his head and rode around through the town. Hey, the Lord let him have everything in the world. Not a thing was left, but God gave him the victory. And in his intoxication, he said, I want to know how many I got. And isn't that so simple? When he said, I want you to go from Dan to Beersheba. And I want you to number the men that's in arms. Joab come and said, David, please. My God, David, don't do it. You're going to become a trespass to Israel. I'm going to ask you a simple question. Has my spirit, has your spirit, has the spirit of our people 
become a trespass against the church of the living God? Have I become a cause for God to look at us and say, oh, I would have done it for you, but you wouldn't let me. Hey, you can't tell me it's not the will of God for us to save our town. He shed his blood for that town to be saved. There's something wrong. Could it be that our churches are so intoxicated that we're satisfied for Brother Powell to sing and play and us to dance, us to shout, us to feel the glory when the man across the street is dying going to hell and nobody cares oh God David why don't you listen to Joab? You know. You know the book. You understand that Gideon started out with a host. And God didn't care about numbers. It did not interest him. He just said, look, tell everybody that's afraid to go home. 21,000, 22,000 just packed up and went back. He said, next, take them. And then when he got it all through, got it down to 300, he said, I don't want you to count. I don't want you to number Israel. I want you to know that I am the one that gives you the victory. Is it a fact that we as Pentecostals have not learned that lesson yet. We look at our Baptist friends. We look at the Church of Christ friends. We look at the Catholic friends. And we shout and hang it out in front of them. Or we've got something you don't have. Are you drunk? David... What difference does it make if you have 10 or 10,000? God can multiply them. They all belong to him. You don't have to worry about it. They're all your servants. Oh, but I am going to count them. I want to know, you spoiled brat. What's the matter with you, David? God has given us so much, so much, until we're spoiled children. And then, just like my own kids, just like I was, ball and squall, roll in the floor, bump your head on the floor, get up and beller. Ah! Finally, just to shut you up, he give you what you wanted. And when you got it,
what he should have done when we was batting our head against the wall. I saw a young boy in a church I passed it. He'd get mad and he'd just run up to the wall and go boom, boom, boom with his head. <laughs> boom, boom. Just beat the door with his head. And his brother run up there one day and said, right here, Ari, right here. Buddy, he hit the corner of that door and laid that head open. Yeah. We throw our tantrums. We get upset. We do everything we can. We manipulate God. We manipulate the Spirit. We monopolize on anything that sounds like a message in tongues. Anything that happens. If we can drum up some kind of a miracle. If we can make it a sham. Whatever. Really, why are you doing it? The motive. Now, David, you've got what you wanted. The Bible will tell you that when he heard how many it was, he said, I wish I didn't know. I wish you hadn't have done it. I've sinned. I've sinned. And God sent the man of God to him and told him, said, David, I come with a message to you. Hey, friend, don't you, don't you sell short what I'm saying to you tonight. God has sent me here to talk to preach, to do something, to try to change your life. Talk about the fire. Talk about the piano player. Say what you want to about the singers, but you better be careful what you say about the man of God. Brother Foss, I ain't ever heard nobody preach like that. I'm going to tell you something. I'm preaching something now I have never preached in my life. There sits my wife. You've never heard me preach like I'm preaching tonight, honey. David, here comes the man of God. Oh, Gad, come walking in. And before he could say anything, David walked up to him and said, Take my iniquity away from me. I've sinned. Oh, but it's too late, buddy. You already know. You have become a cause for a trespass against the kingdom. Brother Hale, don't ever think that what you or myself or Brother Hill or Brother Fuller does doesn't affect the kingdom. My God, somewhere there's been a trespass and God has locked up the door of revival on us and we've got to somehow get to it and tell God we're sorry. Please, whatever it takes, let it come. Open the door. We've got to have revival.
If I'm the trespass, take me out of the way. Gad walked up to him and said, David, too late. I'm going to offer you some things. Three of them. You're going to pay for it. You're a cause of trespass. And one, I'm going to let famine come to your land. You know, you don't know nothing about a famine. Thousands of people dying. And I thought, what a small effort the United Pentecostal Church went through to send food to Ethiopia. There's no way that we could have made a hardly a dent in that famine. We did get food to some. Thank God for that. But you know the reason that you only gave $10 to it? Because you've never been hungry. You know why that when I got up in my church, I took an offering. I didn't push it and say, I need 10,000 tonight. I've never been hungry. Never been hungry. Hey, are you hearing me? We throw enough out the back door of our homes to feed two families in Ethiopia tonight. David, when he heard that, he tried to think. Famine. Famine. Bloated bellies. Rickets. Diarrhea. Protruding eyeballs. Tongue swollen in the mouth. Kids can't walk. Disease rampant. He said, no, my God, no. No, I can't let that happen to Israel. No! Oh, shepherd, I'm talking to you tonight. I can't let that happen. Oh, United Pentecostal Church, I can't let it happen to you because of me. All right. Then I'm going to let you flee in front of your enemies. Oh, no. He thought about when Achan sinned. The men that died. He thought about how that it went throughout the country. He saw Joshua laying before the Lord and said, What are they going to say about us? We've had to flee in front of this enemy. What will they think of the name of the Lord if I let us do that? No. No! Well then, the only thing left, David, is pestilence. Pestilence. 
Would you please tell me, man of God, what is that? That's trouble at the hand of God. It began to click with him. Read it, sir. He said, let me fall into the hands of God, but don't let me fall into the hands of men. Why, David? Because I've plowed them under with a disc. I've run over them with a chariot. I have disced them in the soil. I've run over them with a harrow. A hair. Don't, don't, don't let me fall into the hands of men. Oh, but let me fall into the hands of God. Maybe I can find some mercy somewhere. Oh, if God would allow us tonight that we could wake up and come down and tell God, I have been a failure. Let me fall into your hand. I, I don't want to apologize, but Brother Hale, this is different than I've ever prayed. And especially on a first night of a camp meeting. Oh, God. Okay, David, I'm going back and I'm going to tell the Lord that you want to fall into his hands. And then God come into play. He called the angel. Come here, angel. Take the sword of the Lord. Go to Israel. There's been a trespass. Are you hearing me? The first... Oh, I wish this thing was long enough for me to walk back there. I need to get right close to you. The first thing that happened when the angel went through Israel, 76,000 of those numbered men died. What is going to happen to Turn over in the forward and look. Every month, no longer with us. Hey, friend, we're giving out license like it's passing out coupons, two for one. It stinks. I'm sorry, it stinks. 15,000 preachers and 6,000 churches. You're not taping this, are you? 
Hey, I better journey on. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Are you listening to what I'm telling you tonight, sir? Hear me. Hear me. God said, all right. Go back. The angel started back over Israel. Had his sword drawn. Hey, and the God of heaven suddenly caught a vision. And the Bible said when he saw, when God saw, the angel with his sword drawn to kill the third part of Israel, what effect did it have on God Almighty when he saw that vision? The Bible said when God saw it, he stepped out there just a minute and the Bible said God began to repent. God began to be sorry. And you think that you can lay out here on this floor and wake up and tell me you saw a vision and then you're as lukewarm and as cold as a cucumber? Hey, I don't believe that. I don't believe that you've ever seen anything that come from God if you remain the same when it turned God around and caused God to repent. When David looked up and saw it, Brother Hill, he said, My God, I got to go build an altar. I got to get somewhere. I got to do something. I want to find some place that I can do something about what's going on. Something's got to happen. Where are you going, David? Where am I at? When he looked around, he was right at Ornan's house. Oh, but wait a minute. There's something here you need to look at. Ornan was a Gentile. He didn't owe that Hebrew anything. Oh, but... A vision caused the Gentile to lock his hand into the tree. David said, I'm in Ornan's place. Uh, what's Ornan doing? He's threshing. There's a threshing floor. I want to come, Ornan, sell it to me. I want to buy it. I, I want. I want to make an altar. Why, David? I saw it. I saw it. Ornan looked up and said, Oh, no. No, you don't have to buy it. I'll give it to you. There it is. Take it. David said, God forbid that I offer to the Lord that which cost me nothing. My God, church, we've got to wake up 
and understand that God deserves more than what we give to Him. Who is it that God's talking to tonight? There's some of us need to build an altar. Not an altar that don't cost anything, but we need an altar that we can get down on and tell God, Oh God, here I am. If you want my life, take me. If you want me, oh God, I'm ready to go. But God, there's one thing I want you to know, that I'm committed to revival. Either you give me revival or let me die. I don't want to live. I don't want to stay. I don't want to be like I am. How long has it been? How long has it been? How long has it been since you could really say, God, here's a sacrifice. See, a lot of you folks, I'm missing what you're wanting. So many of you are not even going into what I'm into tonight. You haven't comprehended yet what I'm talking about. How long has it been since it was a sacrifice? It's not a sacrifice when you got a hundred thousand dollars and you give him ten. It's not a sacrifice when you give him a thousand. It's not a sacrifice when you give him 10,000. It's not a sacrifice. Hey, friend, it comes to be a sacrifice when it's more than you're able to give. Hey, bake me a cake. Me and my son, I'm going to bake the cake and then we're both going to die because this is all the meal and all the oil. Bake me a cake first. Something come over him. That old widow, I don't know why. That little boy, mama, I'm hungry, I know. There stood the man, the man of God. She got the cake ready. Mama, I'm hungry. But he said, bake me a cake first. And she started toward the man of God. Hill, when has it been that you baked him one first? Brother Hale, when have we baked one first? You see, 
Our problem is we haven't seen a vision. You know the reason you're not disturbed tonight? Hey, are you hearing me? Sitting on a bar stool somewhere is a guided missile. And he's being fueled up. And if God would let you look into the future and let you see what's about to happen, it may change the way you feel tonight. That girl that you don't know where she is, you don't know it, but she may be laying in the bed with a diseased man and she'll come back to you with AIDS. You're looking at your little boy tonight. He may have just smoked his first joint and took a swallow of liquor and it may not be but just a little while till he drops some acid and it blows his mind. I got a boy in my church that has been in church before but now he's in a mental institution and that poor boy's mind is burned so bad. He called me the other day and, and he said, Brother Voss, I said, yeah, have you talked with your daddy? He laughed and said, I'm talking to my daddy. You know what you're waiting on? You're waiting on somebody else to bear your burden. You're waiting on somebody else to pray your prayer. You're waiting on somebody else to save your kids. And it's not going to happen. Your preacher can't do it. Your Sunday school teacher can't do it. Your church can't do it. Somewhere God is going to have to pull back the curtain and let you see a vision to the point that you'll get up and say, My God, i got to build an altar. i got to go somewhere and build an altar. i got to pray. Dying families, dying kids, dying churches, dying preachers, and nobody cares. My God, if I don't care for myself, would somebody build an altar for me? Would somebody pray for me? Would somebody do something? Oh, listen, sir, revival will never come because we run the aisles, but it'll come because somebody has seen a vision and built an altar. The Lord has just told me that I've gone far enough. So I try to bring it to a close. You're afraid to look. You don't want to look. But I'm telling you tonight, if you only knew, you need to ask God let me see because you may go home and change your family 
You may go home and change your unsaved husband. You may go home and change your unsaved wife. My God, you may go home and bring revival to a church if you could wake up and say, Lord, show me a vision. I want to see a vision. You see, God's not talking to everybody, but he's talking to men that know where they're going, that know what they want, that know what they need, and they're asking God, let me look, let me look, let me look, let me look. How long has it been since you heard that? The prayer of travail is lost in our prayer rooms. Burden bearing is a lost heart. You ought to see the tears dripping on the concrete tonight. Oh, the weight of a tear. God is looking at it, sir. Hey, I'm talking to you, friend. If you ever needed to look, you need to ask him. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. I feel like tonight that dooms are being sealed. Destinies are being written. If you refuse, then you become a trespass. And God will take care of it all. And so I'm going to give you this message tonight from Jesus Christ with love the effect of a vision if you ever see it anything Oh. 